Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles today to Matthew chapter number 10. We're going to finish out Matthew chapter number 10 and get into chapter number 11 today. As we've been going through chapter number 10, we have seen that this is, we see the calling of the 12, then we see this, the commissioning of the 12 to go out and preach the gospel of the kingdom, which was to only be taught to the house of Israel. And then as they go out, he reminds them that persecution would come. He's sending them out as sheep in the midst of wolves. In other words, it's not going to be easy. But he tells them, have no fear, though, because nothing that is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. And he says, I want you to go out and I want you to preach this gospel. And I, and I want to remind you, don't think that I came to bring peace, but I came with the sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And here in the final part of Matthew chapter 10, he talks about rewards. He says, whoever receives you receives me and whoever receives me receives him who, who sent me. Now Jesus is promising them that as they go out, whoever receives them, it is the equivalent of receiving the Lord himself. And then in verse number 41, he says, the one who receives a prophet because he's a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones, even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So here we see three rewards. For those who receive the message that these apostles, these disciples, are taking out in regards to the kingdom of heaven. The first one is the prophet's reward. I'm reminded of the Shunammite in 2 Kings chapter number 4. She cared for the prophet Elijah. And what was her reward? She received a baby. I'm also reminded of the widow in 1 Kings 17, 8, who helped Elijah. And her life was saved from starvation. So the Lord here is saying those who receive the message of the gospel of the kingdom will receive a prophet's reward. And then also he speaks of a righteous man's reward. Well, we see a righteous man in 2 Samuel 17. Barzillai received David in exile and was rewarded with the offer to live with him for the rest of his life. 2 Samuel 19. Rahab also received the spies that came into the land. She hid them, and as a result, she survived the fall of Jericho and her family. So she received a righteous man's reward. So the Lord is saying those that receive the message of the apostles would receive a righteous man's reward. And then finally, a reward, a disciple's reward. The reward is for those who took care of the disciples. And we see a little bit of that in Matthew chapter number 25. In Matthew chapter number 25 and verse number 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom which is prepared from the foundation of the of the world for I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. 
I was a stranger. You welcomed me. I was naked. You clothed me. I was sick. You visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we feed you? When did when were you thirsty and we gave you strength, uh, drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked? And the king will say, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it unto me. So he promised those who would receive the, the message of the gospel of the kingdom that was to be preached by these 12 apostles that were sent out, they would receive not only a prophet's reward not on, and not only a righteous man's reward, but they would also receive a disciple's reward. And then we get over into uh, chapter number 11. And when Jesus had finished instructing the 12, Okay, he's done the commissioning ceremony, if you will, on the 12 disciples. He went on from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And now when John, this is referring to John the Baptist, heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and he said to him, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another. Now we know that John had been imprisoned by King Herod back in Matthew chapter number 14. Now though, John was doubting. He was doubting if it was all worth it. He had grave concerns as to whether the Lord Jesus was who he believed that he was. I mean, that's hard to believe when you read it because isn't he the one who had introduced the Lord Jesus and actually baptized him and actually saw the Holy Spirit fall on him and the voice come from heaven? But after a little time in prison, John began to doubt whether Jesus was really, really the Messiah. So he sent two of his disciples to make sure. And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. And what's that? The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. So to dispel John's doubts, Jesus sent word back, pointing to the miracles as proof of who he really was. He did this by referring to Old Testament scriptures that he knew John would be familiar with. And the scripture that our Lord is referring to is Isaiah chapter 35, verse number 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. You know, I find it interesting that Jesus didn't just say, trust me. Instead, he pointed John to the scriptures. You know, we too need to go to the scriptures. Just like Jesus did in answering John's question, just like the Bereans did when they heard the Apostle Paul speak, where it is said of them, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures to see if these things were really so. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 11. He dispelled John's doubts by referring him to the scriptures. I encourage you, if you want your doubts dispelled, go to 
the scriptures. And verse number six, and he, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now, notice that the Lord encouraged John, don't be offended. Don't be offended because of him. He, you know, John sends the disciples, his disciples, they ask the question. He responds with scripture and he tells them, blessed is he who is not offended in me. Why would John have been offended at Jesus? Well, the word offended literally means displeased. Blessed is he who is not displeased in me. It would have been very easy for John to have said, hey, if you can heal the blind, I mean, if you can raise the dead, if you can heal the sick, why can't you get me out of jail? <laughs> now, we too get offended at the Lord because he does not do what we expect him to do. So he says, John, don't get offended. Don't get displeased. And in verse number seven, and as they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning him. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. Now Jesus asked the multitude a question. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? Now, bear in mind that this was a rhetorical question on the part of our Lord. Our Lord often used this as a means of soliciting a response. He was asking the question to get them to think. And the answer was obviously that they went out to hear John's powerful preaching. They didn't go out to hear a reed shaking in the wind. Instead, they went out to see the wind that was shaking the reed. John's preaching was pointed and it was powerful. <clears throat> it is said in the house of John Knox in Edinburgh, there is a sentence of his hung upon the walls, which speaks so well of the steady strength that, of that hero's life and reveals also the source where he got his strength. Quote, from Isaiah, Jeremiah, and other inspired writers, I have learned to call a spade a spade and a fig a fig. And that's what John the Baptist was. He called a spade a spade and a fig a fig. That is why King Herod and his new wife had issues with him. He called them out for what they were doing. So much so that she eventually asked for his head on a platter. Why? Because he spoke the truth. So too, we need to be people that speak the truth. Sadly, we live in a culture that is so afraid of the truth that they have redefined it to mean anything that they want it to. That's garbage. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You and I can both be wrong, but we can't be both be right. One of the biggest schemes that I believe the devil has perpetrated on modern society is the, the denial of absolute truth. I had a young college kid tell me one time that he didn't believe that there was such a thing as absolute truth anymore. I asked him if he was absolutely sure of that. That's stupid. Of course there's absolute truth. If you state anything, you are stating a truth. And it may be right and it may be wrong. You may be absolutely wrong. You may be absolutely right. But there is such a thing as absolute truth. And the Lord goes on. But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. 
Jesus asked another question. Did you go out to see a man in soft clothing? Albert Barnes says that the kind of raiment here denoted was the light, thin clothing worn by effeminate persons. The kind of clothing that was emblematic of riches and splendor, effeminacy, feebleness of character. No, Jesus is saying that they knew full well who they were going out to see. John was a man. He was all man. He wore camel's hair and gnawed on grasshoppers. He was telling them that they did not go out to hear a wuss in the wilderness, but they went out to hear a man who spoke the truth. And he goes on in verse number nine, but what did you go out to say, a prophet? Yea, I say unto you more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare the way before you. Verily I say unto you, among them born of women, there has not risen greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. They went out to hear a prophet of God. And Jesus goes on to say that he was more than just a prophet. He was the messenger. He was the one that was foretold at the very close of the Old Testament scriptures in Malachi chapter 3, where it says, Behold, I send my messenger. He will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming. You know, I find that it's interesting that this verse is quoted of John in the New Testament three times, but never is that final part quoted, which was, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And I can't help but wonder why that second part is never quoted. And I believe it's because they were not seeking the Lord. They rejected him so that he could not come into his temple like he desired to do and to set up his kingdom. Yes, John the Baptist could have ushered in the kingdom of heaven had they responded appropriately. Instead, they killed the messenger and they killed the king. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you. wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.